0: Hello Giants fans and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of the SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and today's show is going to be mostly a preview of Sunday's Giants Washington Redskins game, and here to help me break all of that down, talk a little Daniel Jones, talk a little Dwayne Haskins, is Emory Hunt of Football Game Plan. Em, how you doing? Thanks for joining me. I'm doing fine.
1: And as always, I
0: appreciate you having me on. Hey, like to like to have you whenever whenever we can, whenever your your busy busy schedule permits uh, a few minutes of uh, uh, allows us to get a few minutes of your time.
1: Man, listen, I needed to I'm glad you hit me up because I needed a break. I was going crazy in a minute. It's you know, it's barreling down on college football, uh, my college football broadcast season. so it's between getting prepared for broadcast, uh, getting prepared for scouting trips, producing three TV shows that we have uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. It's been a lot. So when you hit me up, it was like, yes, I get to take a break. do you do you ever have time to eat? oh we we always make room to eat. Like, let's. Have- <laughs> we're, we're gonna always find food.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got you, so, so so so. Does that mean you're gonna add you know food critic to your resume?
1: I should, man. I, if people follow me on Instagram, they see I'm a I'm a little food. Insta stories. I'm always <laughs> showing what I what I'm cooking in the kitchen and stuff like that, or where I'm at eating eating out on the
0: town. Oh man, you're one of those people. You got to show people what you're gonna eat. You're like one of Not- those a- you're like one of those athletes who who. <laughs> You know, you don't you don't eat a meal unless you show it like these athletes who never worked out without putting it on Instagram. No, it's,
1: I'm not that bad. I, I But if it's something like if it's, you know, normally it's a subtle uh, flex like, OK, here's a glass of wine that I'm having or here's a nice little you know piece of fish or some pasta or wherever I'm at. I don't have to get you're never going to see me at a table taking a whole picture of the meal with a flash on. <laughs> That's not me. And I, I probably won't tag the place until afterwards, till I'm long gone. Because, you know, how you get, like, fans coming in. Oh, everybody, we want an autograph. We want a autograph. You know, <laughs> I don't want to deal with all that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, hey, let's let's talk a little Giants, little Redskins here. You know, really interesting. Interesting game coming up. A little bit more interesting than it might have been a week ago. I got to ask you, are you – As bummed as I am that we're not going to see, you know, Danny Dimes versus Dwayne Haskins.
1: I'm a little bit bummed because you want to, with the way everybody's starting these rookies, you want to see it right away. But, you know, you want to take, you got to remind yourself that we're probably going to see this for a decade. So, you know, rushing to see it now, uh, you know, as much as we want to see it, You know, we're going to see it a lot over the course of at least, let's say, at least five to six years. You know, you can't really say decade plus anymore in the NFL. So uh, we'll get our chance to see Haskins and Jones. Um, And from what they're saying about, you know, Keenum's foot, we may see Haskins-Jones Sunday.
0: Yeah, I know that uh, Jay Gruden, Redskins coach, has said, he said Monday night, he said again Tuesday. I think he said again on Wednesday that that he has no plans to... uh, to start Dwayne Haskins but who knows you know case Keenum's health might change that
1: yeah and, and this and to be fair to Keenum it hasn't been a situation where you look at the Redskins and outside of Monday night obviously where you look at the Redskins and say you know Keenum Keenum's struggling like it's it, it hasn't been that so there hasn't been a you know the push to put Haskins in you know if anything they don't have a running game to speak of that's that and Josh Norman continues
0: to get burned. Um, that's been a big reason why he have been losing. So I have to ask you. I haven't had a chance to talk to you since Sunday, since the uh, the debut of of Daniel Jones. Just we're a little bit removed from it now. Just your thoughts on on that kind of a debut, you know, for for, for Jones as a starting quarterback. I think what what you saw
1: on uh, Sunday is like it was a I, if i use this comparison correctly it's it's like a buffet right cuz normally when you see rookies start you're only going to see one thing you're either going to see him have a great performance with no adversity him struggle with only adversity or him just you know a mixed bag where it's like okay well yeah it was okay but i thought for daniel jones you saw everything you know, so that, therefore, it helps the coaching staff and helps him move forward. We saw him get off to a good start. We saw him have his struggles and go through adversity. You know, he had the fumbles. Uh, you know, it, there was a, a stretch where it was just, eh, he you know, it wasn't really in sync. Then we saw him have great play. Um, then the the uh, the great play down the stretch, which was the key part, you know. So coaches have a lot to, to say, okay, this is what he did well. This is what he could work on. This is what we could throw out because it's is ineffective. So I thought it was a great showing for him because it was a lot to, to work with and you saw a lot of different things. And so that way you have a better idea of what to expect moving forward. Because if you saw a great or a terrible performance, you really you you would really come into this ballgame not knowing uh, what to expect.
0: You know, I, I thought as you look back on it from the very beginning with Jones, you know, going all the way back to rookie minicamp, it, it never, it has never looked like any of this was too big for him. And to me, that's the most impressive thing. You're going to see, you're going to see athleticism. You're going to see, you know, him be able to outrun defenders once in a while. You're going to see a bad throw like the one that he made that, that got dropped the other day you're going to see all of those things, but I think for me, the biggest the biggest thing has been this has never been too big for him. He can handle it.
1: Well, I think the reason why you have that that um, assessment is because of the amount of starts and the amount of football he's played. So uh, I don't know how old he is. I want to see he's what 22, maybe 23, something I like 22, that. 22, but
0: I'd have to look it up.
1: He played a lot of football, you know. I want to say what 30 plus starts in college. So it's not going to be too big for him. It's not going to be, you know, he's not going to be shell shocked. And I don't even think that's his personality, you know, just seeing him. He just kind of, it didn't, I hate to throw it out there, but he's Eli like in that regard to where, you know, you couldn't tell if he's happy or sad. You know, you just, you just kind of like, oh, that's Daniel Jones. You know, it's just, that's just his personality. So it doesn't, he doesn't let you in on how he is feeling or, or if it's too big for him, you probably would never know. Uh, You know, I guess that that's a part of his, how he's just, you know, his makeup, he's just not a, a, an animated person, but, you know, coming with a lot of starts, a lot of games, it's like, okay, this is just a different stadium, um, a bigger stadium than what we played in at Duke or, you know, in some cases. Uh, So for him, it's just like another game. I've been with this group since April. Um, I'm comfortable here. And, you know, he just took it all in stride and, and did well.
0: Yeah, and how curious are you, you know, a debut like that where the Giants, you know, come back from 18 points down, which I think is bigger than any comeback that Eli Manning ever made. Um, you know, and he's gotten so much national attention and so many what I want to call mea culpas from, you know, from analysts who who didn't like him coming out of the draft I mean, what, what does the guy do for an encore? What, you know, what what can we expect or or what do you think we're going to see, you know, on Sunday and, and, and going forward?
1: The good part about, let's say someone like Daniel Jones, um, ducks, uh, juxtaposed to, you know, someone like a Baker Mayfield, you know, you see Daniel Jones, you see Deshaun Watson, you see Lamar Jackson, uh, they had the same detractors. They had a lot of, you know, people questioning whether or not they could play, uh, if they could succeed at the level. Um, and they just went out there and just played. They didn't spend time responding to everything like we see Mayfield do. Um, you know, because if your production isn't there, you're proving people right. And the best way to, to have people have that mea culpa is to go out there and continue to play well. So for him he never was the talker. I remember we were at at practice that day when they tried to get him to respond to Baker Mayfield and you know it, it was it was making him feel uncomfortable like trying to force him to respond to something where in his personality he's just like, you know, I, I I don't really care, you know. It's yeah, I heard he said it, but it's just kind of like, all right, cool. But he just went out there and just continued to play. That's the best form of uh shutting people up is to go out there and continue to perform. So for him, he doesn't have to say anything because everybody else is saying everything. Um, and, and that's how it has been since he's gotten there. And he, in a way, can go out there and just focus on football because he never was a talker. He doesn't have to talk. Um, and that allows him to zone in and focus. Unlike what we're seeing going on in Cleveland, where you feel like Baker has to feels the need to respond to every piece of criticism out there or every comment out there about him.
0: That's that's a really good point, M. You know, and and it's funny because as you were talking about that, I was thinking that when he was a member of the Giants, that's all I ever wanted Odell Beckham to do was to stop responding, to stop drawing attention to himself for things that weren't about the stuff that went on, you know, between the lines on the football field, and, and just let his play. You know, speak for him, and and that's that's the best thing Jones is going to be able to do.
1: Yeah, and I'm and I'm pro, you know, people, athletes, people in general speaking their minds. I'm pro that. So if you have something, that my dad always told me, don't open your mouth unless you have something to say. You know, obviously that's you know metaphorically speaking. You know, have something of purpose to say, a substance, right? Um, but there's a time when you you know you don't have to respond to everyone saying your name. You know, and you don't have to respond to everybody's comment or everybody's, you know, take on, on you or as a person or as a player. You know, at the end of the day, why give that person or that outlet or that, that entity any energy when you can just go out there? I mean, you know the truth. You know, let's say, for, for instance, um, going back to I remember when I was a senior in high school and uh, the newspaper predicted us to be like dead last in our district. And we looked at the paper and we were just laughing, like, you know, me and my homeboy, uh, who was another uh, running back in the backfield, we laughing. It was like, man, it'd say we're going to be terrible. How? I'm I'm on the team. What do they mean? We're going to be terrible. And we went out there and started the season eight. No. So you if you, as long as you know the truth and you know how good you are, then there's nothing that needs to be said.
0: That's a good point. So, M, let's uh, let's talk about someone else that the Giants are going to see on Sunday, who's had quite a bit to say about the Giants, oftentimes without using the name Giants in, in recent months. And and of course, I'm talking about about Landon Collins. Are you, you know, first and foremost? I'm very interested to see what kind of reception. He gets from from the people at MetLife. He was a popular player, you know, with the Giants, and yet I think a lot of his comments have probably sabotaged quite a bit of of that goodwill.
1: Yeah, and that's a great way to to phrase it because I was thinking, you know, he was very popular, but I when when you were you know laying out that question, man, he's gonna get booed like no one in this business on Sunday. Uh, because of what has transpired since he left, you know, and it's, you know, you, one thing they say in business, never you know, take anything personal. And you can't in this business, especially seeing how many transactions go on day to day. It's never personal. It's always business. And so, you know, when you take it personal, it, it, you know, people's people are going to respond. So I, I would expect him uh to get you know uh cold welcome here in in the Meadowlands because of how much he's he's you know
0: talked uh provoked or unprovoked since he left i do think that's a a very good way of putting it Em. i think that that landing collins unquestionably took the giants decision you know to to move on from him he took it personally and uh and he's he said some things i mean you know, I, I wonder if uh, I wonder if Dave Gettleman should should maybe make sure he's got bodyguards on Sunday afternoon.
1: <laughs> as, I remember um, as as athletes, you always want someone to be straight up with you. And I remember my freshman year in college, uh, you know, I thought I had a, what was a, a great day of practice, you know, and I'm, I go in and I'm, you know, I see my name on a depth chart. I'm fifth. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm a true freshman. I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be fifth. Then after that that day, I'm like, all right, cool. I should move up at least once, one spot. And so I was sitting in the meeting and I'm like, I'm watching me break all these runs. And I'm and I'm sitting there steaming because coaches like, you know, just not just ignoring it. I'm like, so I asked him after we break the meeting, I was like, Coach, well, you know, I did it good. How, how am I, you know, moving up or what what's the and he said, listen said first of all you gotta get stronger. Uh you, you're not seeing the hole. Um you gotta get a little bit quicker. And I'm thinking like, well damn. But since from that point, I was like, all right, I, that is now I understand what I have to do to get better. Had I just and I didn't take it personal. Had I took it personal, I was gonna like, oh coach don't like me. You know, but coach told me like, no, you did yeah, that that's fine. But we expect you to do that. But you could do so much more if you do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, oh, oh, okay. So that opened my eyes tremendously. And I took that not only and applied it to football, but I thought that was a huge life lesson. Like, man, don't look for praise for 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 uh, stuff you're supposed to be doing anyway. <laughs> like, you know, just go and do do the extra things and be great. And then you'll get everything that you're looking for from a, an acknowledgement standpoint.
0: Right. You know, Collins was, uh, when you think about it, Collins was a good player here. And it wasn't that the Giants were saying to him, you know, you stink. We don't want you on this on this football team. It was simply look, we know what kind of paycheck you're looking for. And when you you know, you talked about business and and in our business, you know, we don't want to spend that kind of money at your position. and, And they moved on. Yeah, and it's and it's, you can't take that personally.
1: We saw a similar situation play out in New Orleans with them and Mark Ingram. And you know, they kind of was allowing Ingram to test the market and he let him, you know, walk. He quickly signs with, with Baltimore, and then you see the contract that they signed Latavius Murray. And if Ingram would have just had a little bit more patience and and took a, a business approach to it and not took it personal he would have got that contract and would have ended up with a little bit more in New Orleans to stay as opposed to going to Baltimore.
0: All right, so let's, let's, uh, em, let me take a quick break here for a word from our sponsors, and then I want to come back and, and we'll talk a little bit more. I want to talk about some of the Giants' young defenders, and I want to talk with you about one of the really impressive uh, Redskins rookies, but let's get in a quick break here first. All right, Giants fans, we're back here on the Valentine's Views podcast. I'm your host, Ed Valentine, and I'm talking with Emery Hunt of Football Game Plan about Sunday's Giants-Redskins game. Em, let's talk a little bit about the Giants' defense. Now, I, I know when you look at the numbers, I know how bad it is. I think they're second in the league in points given up. You know, they, I think they've given up 70 points in the first half. They had a streak last week where they gave up points to uh, to Tampa Bay on six straight possessions. They had a streak against Dallas where they gave up points on, on five straight possessions. But I guess maybe I'm trying to look at the glass as half full because I'm looking at it and I'm thinking from week one to week three, DeAndre Baker got better. From week one to week three, Dexter Lawrence has gotten better. We're getting the Giants are getting some production from Oshane Zimenez. They've got you know rookie linebacker Ryan Connolly in the lineup now. So I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, if you look at this year as a building block kind of year for that defense, you're starting to see some positive signs from some of these young kids. Yeah, and you can't.
1: You you can't look at it and say, all right, we expect this. Like, for me, me, I personally thought this defense would be much improved over last year because I was banking on rookies making impacts. Um, And week three, you're starting to see, like you talked about, some guys are starting to improve. However, you do want to see some improvement, and you don't want to see guys that you banked on being good to take steps back, like uh, Janoris Jenkins. You don't want to see that. Um, but I think when you look at the defense playing a young guy at you know multiple young guys at every level of the defense, you want to see the slow growth. You don't want to see the same mistake twice. And as long as you're not seeing that, you're going to see improvement. Because with improvement comes confidence. With with confidence comes um, you know consistency, and with consistency comes the playmaking. And that's when you're going to start to see guys really turn it on and play fast. And and right now, you know the rookies are still trying to get caught up to regular season speed. You know, they were caught up to NFL speed in, in camp and then in preseason, but now they get NFL regular season speed. So you want to see the young guys continue to grow, which you're going to start to see probably more opportunities for O'Shane Zeminez. Um, Conley, like you mentioned, we talked about him at nauseum throughout the summer um, and, and his impact. So you want to see those guys. Now you just want to see the secondary, you know, Junior Love has yet to make that impact, uh, hasn't really been active. Um, you want to see Corey Ballantyne try to make a dent into the regular defensive rotation because he has ball hawk playmaking skills. So as they become more comfortable with the scheme and and coaches can trust putting them out there, then they'll get out there and they'll be able to to play fast and make plays. But you, you do like to see the growth from the Dallas game to the Buffalo game to what we saw last week against Tampa. The one –
0: of those guys that I really want to ask you about is Dexter Lawrence for the simple reason that everyone was so concerned about the Giants or, or upset with them for not drafting a a pure pass rusher at that particular point. What are your thoughts on on what we've seen from Lawrence so far and, and, and what kind of a player you think he can be?
1: Speaking from a running back's perspective, a guy like Lawrence is such an annoying player because he's so massive and he's so explosive off the ball. You don't think a guy that that's three fifty six five could move like that. He has great ball get off. And because he's so long and, and, and huge width wise, girth wise, you know, he takes up gaps. And now you let's say you're running a play and you're that play is designed to get a guard to the second level. There's no guard getting to the second level if Lawrence is right there. So now everything is bottled up. Now you got to cut back in. And, and if you try to cut back, you're cutting back into the arms of these lengthy outside linebackers and Lorenzo Carter and Shane Zemines. So a guy like Lawrence being up front and having the explosiveness to, to be a pressure player, not necessarily a pass rusher, but a guy that can collapse a pocket or generate quick pressure where he throws off a blocking assignment for a running back uh, or, you know, for a running play or, you know, causes a quarterback to move off the spot. It may not show up in the stat sheet, but it counts on the field as a disruptive play because he's so quick and explosive off the ball and he has a really good point of attack strength. And so for him, I think what we saw last game against the Bucks is a sign of things to come because now he's just starting to play ball. Again, he was more of a of, of a gap occupier at Clemson. Here they're asking him to play a little bit out of out of his element playing at the five. Which is fine because you're still playing sort of inside. And and like Coach Betcher said, offensive lines can, um, you know, make you play any technique that they want you to play uh, by how they shift their blocking scheme. So, yeah, he may be a five, but they could be playing him like he's a one, you know. So, for Lawrence to be disruptive, he just has to beat his guy one on one and generate that double team. And we saw him start to do that against Tampa.
0: You know, it's the way that you describe that kind of uh made me smile a little bit because one of the things that I have said repeatedly about Dexter Lawrence is that I think that when you look at Dexter Lawrence, you're not gonna look at a guy who might, you know, per se pile up huge statistical numbers, a great, you know, number of number of tackles, high number of sacks. But it's it's the type of things that he allows everyone else around him to do. That that uh, that you look for as he develops, I think.
1: Yeah, because at the end of the day, man, it's it's a situation where, you know, you can't. You people always stereotype because of size, so they they'll see a guy, you know, like a Sam Mills, and think like, oh, he must be, you know, he 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 doesn't really want to tackle because he's a short, squatty guy, um, and he's the hardest hitted tackler out there at the linebacker position. You see a guy like Dexter Lawrence, and they, like, oh, he can't move. You know, I can easily outrun him, but you forget how quick he is and how agile he is. He carries his weight really well, to where he doesn't look like he's three fifty when you're standing there looking at him. Like man, he looks like he's about three twenty, but you know he's a big dude, and he also has uh, good quickness and you know little ankles, and he can change direction. So you stereotype him based off what you see on the depth chart. But when you get out there and you see him move, it really throws everything off.
0: You know, there's I do want to ask you about one of the other Redskins players, but you mentioned Janoris Jenkins. And I wrote in a column earlier this week, you know, I've to be honest, I've never been a big Jackrabbit fan. I've never been, you know, he had the one really good year for the Giants in 2016 but to be honest with the rams he was kind of a an athletic guy who really didn't play up to up to maybe his name recognition to, in my view hasn't done a whole lot you know with the giants since that 2016 season i wonder if he's a guy who's even going to finish this season with the giants i wonder if when the when the trade deadline gets closer if they might look to see if they can unload him and, and get some snaps for Corey Ballantyne, get some snaps for Sam Beal, if they can get healthy, just give me a couple thoughts on on Jack Rabbit. Now you,
1: you're you're right. I can I can see your your point of view on in that sense because you know if you're going to go full youth movement, you invested heavily in the secondary. You want to get those guys live regular season game reps, and the only thing blocking that at one spot at least is Janoris Jenkins. Who is you know 31 years old? Um, you know he's probably on the back end of his career. You know cornerbacks don't tend to play as long as quarterbacks do. Uh, you have to be like a freak athlete, like a Terrence Newman, Daryl Green, you know one of those guys, Deion Sanders. Um, so for the most part, corners tend to hit that wall, like people say about running backs, because uh, they have the toughest position out there on the field because you constantly stop and start. You know you have to keep up with younger, faster guys. They get younger and faster on that end. You get older and slower on your end. Um, so I could see someone, you know, tapping the Giants, maybe a, a team that's, you know, on a playoff, in the playoff run or in the playoff mix, uh, needing a veteran, feeling comfortable with a veteran, and reaching out to the Giants to see, you know, if they if he's available. I could definitely see that happening because you got Ballantyne, you got Love, you want to get those guys playing time. Bill, if he can get healthy, you have him out there too. Um, you want all of those guys to play this year, so you have a better prospects going into twenty twenty uh knowing
0: what you have in the secondary gotta ask you about one of those younger faster wide receivers that you mentioned, and you know the guy that that I'm really curious to watch on Sunday for the redskins and that's terry mclaurin the 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 uh the rookie receiver if I'm not mistaken, i think uh he's set a record for or he's become I think the first rookie wide receiver to have at least 5 receptions and one touchdown catch in his first 3 NFL games. Just tell me about McLaurin, about what you expected, you know, from him, you know, coming into the league and and if any of his performance to to this point has surprised you at all. Yeah,
1: I you know, I, when I grade receivers, I break them down into four separate positions. Uh, split-ins, flankers, slot receivers, and your bigger inside guys. Um, so I had McLaurin as a flanker, and he was my fourth-rated flanker in the draft class with a 79 grade. Uh, so I had a real high grade on him. Um, and what I like about him is the fact that he has that Deshaun Jackson type ability where he can track the football really well. Now, he's not as fast as Jackson, but he tracks the ball like Jackson is what I'm saying. And you saw him, you know, win multiple times at the catch point uh, at Ohio State. Then you, you get down to the senior bowl and you see him doing a great job in one on ones. And I know one on ones is heavily slanted toward the offensive side because there's no pass rush. Um, there's no help coverage. So you could really do everything that you want to do out there as a route runner and get open. But it was just, Impressive to see him separate from defensive backs uh, down there in Mobile. So fast forward to the season and and going through the preseason, not surprised that he was was able to to flash because when you have him running against, you know, uh, you give him a two way go where you're putting him inside, uh, putting him on the move in motion. He's going to win those battles because he's he's got good acceleration. He snaps out of his break. Uh, so it makes you stay on your toes and, and and really take a chance defensively, because if I don't know which way you're going and you're explosive out of your break, I got to guess that you're going to go this way and get use my full speed to hopefully keep up with you or beat you to the spot. But he's so doggone fast and savvy. He understands leverage. He understands how to, you know, you know, speed up to gear down and things like that. So he does a great he has a lot of polish in his game and you're seeing it out there now, which is why you're seeing him get open. And Case Keenum has seemed to have built a really good rapport with him, especially on third downs or inside the red zone.
0: All right, M. So real quickly, we're going to see you out there on Sunday. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there Sunday. Um, it'll be a
1: great game because you have uh, the Redskins defense against this Giants offense. I think the the, you know, you talk about Landy Collins. I think what's going to be interesting to see how they utilize him in this matchup. Without a Saquon Barkley, the Giants truly don't have that threat to, you know, to beat you in the running game. So, I think Collins will be utilized more as a as a blitzer to try to get after Jones. But I also think Jones and his athleticism, along with the guys like Gallman and you know Hillerman gets out there. They're going to use those guys and Jones's ability to run. You know, to offset what they lost from Saquon Barkley to help keep their ground game on pace, at least keep it honest. So I think you'll see much more RPOs coming from Jones in this game to take advantage of what I think will be an over aggressive Redskins defense. So a good strategy between uh, both coaches, both OCs and, and DC. So it'll be a, a nice chess match if you love the X's and O's of football out there on Sunday.
0: All right, and we'll be looking forward to seeing you out there. And Giants fans, we thank you as always for listening here to the Valentine's Views podcast, and we will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye now.
1: More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder,
0: but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals.